This episode is about rare earth elements. It is going to be divided into three parts. First, we will talk about what rare earth elements are. Then we will go over the history of rare earth elements. Lastly, we'll talk about why they are important to us. Part one, what are rare earth elements? Rare earth elements are 17 metallic elements located in the middle of the periodic table. They are yttrium, atomic number 21, scandium, atomic number 39, and the lanthanides, atomic numbers 57 to 71. They are lustrous silvery white metals. Scandium and yttrium are considered rare earth elements because they tend to occur in the same ore deposits as the lanthanides and exhibit similar chemical properties but they have different electronic and magnetic properties. These metals have unusual fluorescent, conductive, and magnetic properties, which make them very useful when alloyed in small quantities with more common metals such as iron. Geologically speaking, the rare earth elements are not that rare. Deposits of these metals are found in many places around the globe, with some elements in about the same abundance in the earth's crust as copper or tin but rare earth elements are never found in very high concentrations and are usually found mixed together with one another or with radioactive elements such as uranium and thorium. The chemical properties of the rare earth elements make them difficult to separate from surrounding materials and from one another. These qualities also make them difficult to purify. Current production methods require a lot of ores and generate a great deal of harmful waste to extract just small amounts of rare earth metals. Wastes from the processing methods include radioactive water, toxic fluorine, and acids. Despite their name, rare earth elements are relatively plentiful in earth's crust. Take for example cerium, it is the 25th most abundant element at 68 parts per million more abundant than copper. Because of their geochemical properties, rare earth elements are typically dispersed and often not found concentrated in rare earth minerals. The ore deposits that are useful and economically exploitable are sparse and therefore rare. Part two, history. The first rare earth mineral was discovered in 1787 from a mine in the village of Euterbe in Sweden. It was called gadolinite and it was an unusually black mineral composed of cerium, yttrium, iron, silicon, and other elements. The term rare earth was coined from this incident. The ore was called rare because it had never been seen before, and earth because that was an 18th century geological term for rocks that could be dissolved in acid. In 1794, the chemist Johann Gadolin named this previously unknown earth yttria, after the town where it was discovered. Over time, the mines around Euterbe extracted rocks that yielded four elements named for the town, yttrium, ytterbium, terbium, and erbium. Identifying new elements was a prestigious but contentious activity for European chemists during the 19th century. Johns Jacob Roselius isolated and named cerium in 1803 and thorium in 1828. In 1839, the Swedish chemist Carl Gustav Mosander discovered and named lanthanum, erbium, and terbium. In the second half of the 19th century, chemists Gustav Kirchhoff and Robert Bunsen developed spectroscopy as a technique for identifying elements by examining light spectra. Fun fact, 
Robert Bunsen is the inventor of the Bunsen burner. Carl Auer von Welsbach, a student of Robert Bunsen, found that didymium, which was then thought to be an element, was in fact an alloy of two rare earth elements, which he named neodymium and praseodymium. He also became the first person to develop a commercial use for the rare earth elements. Part 3. Why they're important. The rare earths have a diverse application in electrical and electronic components, lasers, glass, magnetic materials, and industrial processes. Rare earth elements are present in familiar items such as iPhones to electric car motors as well as military jet engines and satellites. We know that rare earths are not rare, but mining and accessing them becomes a challenge. These elements were first put into use in the United States. In 1993, 38% of world production of rare earth elements was in China, and 33% was in the United States. However, production gradually shifted to China where lower labor costs, less concern for environmental impacts, and generous state subsidies led to China accounting for 97% of global production in 2011. When China began selling rare earth elements at very low prices in the late 1980s and early 1990s, mines in the United States were forced to close because they could no longer make a profit. In 1997, MagnaQuench, then America's leading rare earths company, was sold to an investment consortium headed by Archibald Cox Jr., son of the same named Watergate prosecutor, with two Chinese state-owned metal firms. Matnaquence was shut down in the United States, moved to China, and reopened in 2003. When China cut exports in 2010, rare earth prices skyrocketed. This led to the 2010 rare earths crisis. In the fall of 2010, it looked as though China might exert geopolitical leverage by restricting the export of rare earths. An international incident between China and Japan in disputed waters set off a trade embargo. Pretty much, a Chinese fisherman was detained by Japanese Coast Guard, and China was angry. So Chinese customs held up shipments for Japan. What they didn't know was that those shipments contained rare earth oxides that were for Japan's high-tech manufacturing. Thus, the prices of rare earth metals spiked, going up as much as several hundred percent. Now governments began to worry about the materials their nations needed for weapons and other important technologies. The high prices of rare earths and the fear of not having them made bold solutions seem reasonable. Some people demanded opening up the Amazon rainforest to mining or exploiting resources in Greenland. Other entrepreneurs proposed extracting rare earths from the seafloor or raking them off the moon. After investing $500 million on new pollution controls for its processing operations, Mollycorp, an American mining corporation, reopened the Mountain Pass mine in California in 2012. But the boom produced by high prices proved short-lived. In 2012, a World Trade Organization grievance brought by the United States, Japan, and the European Union resulted in a loosening of Chinese export quotas, opening the floodgates and lowering prices to near 2009 levels. By 2015, it was once again difficult for anybody but the Chinese producers to make money producing rare earths. The bold plans for obtaining rare earths from around the world were mostly abandoned. Mollycorp went bankrupt and the firm that bought the Mountain Pass mine now sends its semi-processed ore to China for final processing. Mollycorp was the last remaining major rare earths producer in the United States. In short, 
China has a lot of control over the rare earth element market as of now. And the US faces an uphill climb if they want to rival China's rare earth industry. So that concludes this episode of Jerry Talks. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed.